welcome to the Accelerator Podcast, covering the church and church planning in the South. Accelerator is a resource of the 242 Network, the church planning arm of the Mississippi Baptist Convention. The 242 Network exists to assess, train, and support church planners. In each podcast, we will interview church planners and pastors around the South to gain knowledge and insight into ministry to further God's kingdom and church. And now, with your host, Ryan Tillman, we welcome you to the Accelerator Podcast. Good morning, good evening. Good afternoon, whenever and wherever you are tuning in. It is great to have you listen to another episode of the Accelerator Podcast with the 242 Network. My name is Brian Tillman. I'm coming to you from the back 40 of podcast world. It's good to be back with you. And on today's episode, I have an interview with Wade Humphreys. Wade is pastor now at First Baptist Church, Fort Walton Beach, Florida. I met Wade a long time ago. He and I met on a golf course where we were paired together in a scramble. About six years after that, I moved to the same town in Mississippi in Hernando where he was pastoring. and We became close friends for now some 15 years. Wade called me to be his church planner intern in 2007. And if there's one person One person who is responsible for me loving to help church planners, it's Wade Humphreys. The interview today is a long one in the making as well, because he actually was my very first interview for this podcast, but by the time I got around to cut it up and publish it, he moved to Florida, and the content was terrible, meaning the sound quality was so bad, so I just didn't publish the interview. I'm glad to catch back up with him again to talk about ministry and preaching, especially. Wade's a great expositor expositor and communicator of God's word. Go to fbcfwb.org. Listen to his sermons along with all the great ministry that is happening in the panhandle of Florida. Without any further ado, Here is my interview with my friend, Wade Humphreys. Wade Humphreys, thank you for uh, joining us on the Accelerator podcast and uh, coming back in a little way, shape, form, or fashion back to the uh, state of Mississippi. Good to see you and talk with you today. Thanks for having me, Brian. Excited to be with you. Tell our listeners just a little bit about you and the family and where you're serving down in uh, Florida these days. Uh, my wife uh, is Claire. We have four kids, uh, 17, 14, uh, 10, and 6. Never a dull moment. And uh, we live in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, right beside Destin, Florida. Been here for about two and a half years after uh, 16 years in uh, North Mississippi. So um, listeners, actually, Wade Humphreys was the 
first interview of the Accelerator podcast, but that interview never made it to air. And so uh, it's been two and a half seasons. We're in our third season. This season, we're looking at some preaching, and I had to get my friend Wade Humphreys uh, to make it to air. So here we are. And uh, again, thank you for joining us uh, today on our interview. Wade, first question right out of the shoot is, um, is this, what is uh, your preaching philosophy, i.e. kind of uh, who are you pointing every sermon toward and how does that philosophy uh, impact a an individual message that you prepare or deliver? Well, I, I'm an expository preacher and that's been my philosophy ministry for 23 years now in pastoral ministry and uh, that generally uh, plays itself out by preaching through books of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I find that to be an effective way to expose my people to the entire counsel of God. Um, but as I'm preaching, I'm cognizant that there are all sorts of folks in the congregation at, at different stages of, of spirituality and, um, and, and life experience and maturity. And so, you know, it, it can be overwhelming when you think of it in those terms. You, you know, you're preaching to folks out there who don't know the Lord, they're lost. You're preaching to new believers. You're preaching to uh, believers who have been saved for decades and are hungry for, uh, you know, biblical depth. You're preaching to backsliders. You're, you're preaching to all sorts of, of people, um, you know, seminary students, you, you know, it, it's just it, across the gamut. Yeah. And people in sin, you know, people, uh, people who are uh, hurting, grieving, depressed, um, you know, and, and so to try to apply a text to all those sorts of people can can be really, really daunting. That's why I um, just depend upon the anointing of the spirit. I ask to be filled with the spirit and pray the, the spirit would anoint the sermon so that he will take the word um that I'm preaching and apply it to each individual situation, each individual um, heart and life, um, because this is just impossible for me to do. And so I want to preach in a way that the point of the text, uh, the, the major point of the text is the major point of the sermon. I want to point to some, some, some application, but then trust the, the spirit of God to, to really apply it to people's uh, lives. Um. You brought out uh, illustration. You brought out application. Uh, I kind of asked this a couple of different ways with some of the guys that I'm that I'm interviewing uh, and talking about preaching. Uh, the guy that I learned how to prepare a sermon from was Wayne McDeal. He uh, took our whole class uh, through uh, how to prepare. Uh, an expository sermon, 12 essential steps for that. And coming out of that was uh, we were going to explain the text. We were going to argue the point of the text. Uh, we were going to illustrate it and we were going to apply it. And those four uh, definitions or categories uh, for each of the points, everybody had a different way to uh, qualify those. But uh, from those four things, explaining, arguing the, the text uh, or illustrating the text or applying that particular point in the text, which would you say uh, is, is easiest for you to, to prepare or in your delivery or uh, maybe even also which is you think is kind of the hardest of those to do? 
Yeah, I mean, explanation is, uh, you know, that's what you spend your time getting your your mind around during the week, trying to understand the text so your interpretation is correct and you can explain it in a way that is faithful uh, to the text and the the context. Um, and so, explanation is 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 you know where I spend the majority of my time. I used to stress over illustration. You know, I was always looking for the perfect illustration and and you know reading different sources to try to find good illustrations and. Uh, I guess just with the, with experience, I've just learned to simplify illustrations and not stress over them too much, and uh, just try to find some kind of very simple thing from from life, some kind of word picture or life story that that can illustrate a text. And so I don't I don't stress much over illustrations as I used to. I, I used to think I had to have the perfect illustration, and and um, I don't I just don't I don't spend I don't spend as much time on that. Uh, and then application, like I just said, uh, I do my best to make some general application uh, from the text, but that's where I trust the Spirit of God to 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 be at work, um, to to illuminate the human heart, yep. and and to um, give inclination to the human heart to to respond um, from, from their particular circumstance. What excites you most about preaching? Uh, Seeing people growing in their love for the word. Um, when you see a congregation, and, and that's why I'm a I'm a proponent proponent of pastoral longevity because uh, there's something just significant about being with the same group of people uh, over a period of years and seeing them uh, just grow in their love and appreciation for Scripture, their hunger for Scripture. Um, you, when you preach to a group of people, you can tell whether or not they they love the word, you know, and, and the church I pastored in, in uh, Mississippi, Longview Point, you know, the, the folks just love the word and they were a joy to preach to. And, and, and where I am now, they love the word here at First Baptist in Fort Walton Beach and and they're a joy to preach to. And so seeing people um, just 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 loving the word, excited about the word, you know, for lack of a better phrase, you know, you know, on the edge of their seat, um, not because of my communication ability, but because of the, the, the power of the word uh, applied to their hearts by the spirit. Uh, how much time do you typically spend on a, uh, on a Sunday morning sermon as you're studying, as you're putting it together? Uh, how much uh, on a regular basis, how, how, how long do you spend uh, preparing that sermon? It, it just depends. Uh, with you know what I'm preaching, the genre can play into that. Uh, the the difficulty of the passage can play into that, um, and, and so it just kind of it just kind of depends. But generally, I I try to really block off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday morning um, for in depth sermon prep. I, you know, my office holds my calls and. Uh, you know, have my door closed, and I try to really uh, use those mornings. I don't know how many hours that is, but I mean, th that's for, you know, I use those mornings for generally Monday, I get started with my Wednesday message and my Sunday message, just kind of familiarizing myself with where I'm heading. And, okay. and then Tuesday, I try to knock out my Wednesday message. Hopefully I can get that done by Wednesday afternoon, and then I can really jump into Sunday morning's message on Tuesday afternoon. Um, uh, so I'm going to get Wednesday done by Tuesday afternoon so I can start studying Sunday morning on Tuesday afternoon, if that makes sense. 
Yep. And then, you know, I have Wednesday and Thursday for Sunday morning prep. So that's kind of the general. And, you know, I, I was walking with my wife last night and uh, we were walking around the neighborhood. And uh, I told her, I said, you know, I'm, even as we're walking, I'm, I'm thinking about my Easter message. I said, I'm always preparing. Like I, I was walking, thinking about how I was going to present the Easter message on Sunday. And so I'm, all, I'm always thinking uh, through, you know, through the message. So on a uh, on a regular week, you you are preaching at two different, not necessarily two different services, but two different uh, times, Sundays and Wednesdays. You you're having those messages to prepare on a weekly basis. Yes, yes, that's the general ebb and flow of of things. Are you are you in the same book both times, or are those separate? Uh, separate, separate, separate. Yeah. yeah, I do Sunday morning uh, preaching through a book, and then Wednesday night maybe some sort of it may be through a book of the Bible. It may be a doctrinal series or something of that nature. I use that for different, in different ways. Okay. Uh, for example, right now I'm doing a study on Wednesday nights on uh, Christ in the Old Testament, pictures of Jesus in the Old Testament. So I'm, I'm doing that on uh, Wednesday nights and on Sunday mornings, I'm preaching through Mark. In fact, I finished Mark this Sunday. Okay. Um, did you do the last uh, eight verses in Mark 16? It's a great question. Uh, I'm going. I'm going to end with the shorter ending of Mark. And, the shorter ending. Okay. And what? Well, actually, I'm going to take my next Wednesday night. I'm not going to. I'm not going to explain all of that on a Sunday morning because it's going to be Easter Sunday for one thing, and it's just not a time to get into textual criticism. Yeah. But uh, on Wednesday, I'm going to spend uh, my study, t- my um, message time, talking about a little bit of textual criticism and and understanding why uh, some don't include the longer ending of Mark and manuscript evidence and all of that, which, which, you know, hopefully will help our people to really gain confidence in uh, the, the word in, in terms of what we have in being a reliable representation of the original. So I'm told, wasn't there for sure, but I'm told that uh, when W.A. Criswell got to uh, Mark 16, that uh, he tore out uh, those last verses said, "Hey, that's not the word of God. Are you are you going to do that? Are you going to spend a uh, a different Bible and, and just tear that sheet out?" I'm not. I'm not. I'm not as dramatic as W. A. Chris. I don't. I don't think I could pull that off. But <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Um, we we have used the the word a a couple of times in our uh, in our time today. Genre. Uh, the Bible is made up of, of multiple genres, different uh, different types of, of writings. Um, what is your favorite genre of scripture to uh, to preach? <laughs> My favorite genre is whatever I'm currently preaching through. You know, you just you get immersed into a book and, and you just love it. So, I, like I'm in been in the Gospel of Mark, and I just I just love the Gospels. The fact you need to get a walk around with Jesus, you know, and and uh, and, and and just immerse yourself in the this account of his life and ministry mm-hmm. uh, but you know there is fun preaching through narrative passages you know there there's there's some uh that that can be engaging I, as i've gotten older i and and just grown in my i guess knowledge of the scripture and and uh learn more i'm, I'm i appreciate the wisdom literature probably more than i did early on even though mm-hmm. there's great challenges in teaching preaching wisdom literature yeah. um but i mean I, like most pastors probably i just love the epistles you know they they outline themselves for the most part and and uh 
you know, there's depth and, and, uh, and, and doctrine and application. And, and it's just, you know, they're, they're, they're fun to preach through. Um, it's well. right there. It's, it's extremely easy to see. All right, here's the next point. Here's where Paul or James, Peter going. Yep. Very easy to, uh, fun to, to preach that. through epistles, it's, you know, systematic exposition of epistles is just, is just fun and engaging. And, you know, there's usually some, some, some doctrinal challenges you have to deal with as you go through those epistles and they, that, that are, are fun to deal with. And so, yeah, I, I love the epistles and, um, but honestly, whatever I'm in, whatever I'm currently preaching through is my favorite, is my favorite genre. Uh, a few years back, uh, you and I were, uh, were talking and, and we actually had, had a conversation about this next question. Um, especially in the epistles, it's, uh, it's easy. And even, even that of the, I think we were having the conversation uh, as you and I were preaching through the gospel of Matthew at the time. Uh, we talked about uh, some guys are telescopic. They, they see the, the big picture and, and, and preach that way. And then other guys are microscopic. They look through a microscope and they, they bring it down to, to just one word or one phrase and, and spend a ton of time there. Um, where would you think that that you kind of land in those in a, in a telescopic or a microscopic uh, way of expository preaching now 23 22 23 years into yeah yeah 23 yeah. um i am uh i guess probably more microscopic uh in a in a sense if you know i preached through matthew at long you pointed to me three years to preach through matthew um, but I was basically taking pericopes. I was, I was preaching through a complete unit of thought for the most part. Uh, sometimes uh, I, would, I would take a pericope and I would start it and realize that I didn't have time to finish the sermons. I would divide that into two parts, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I try to take a complete unit of thought for the most part. Uh, but, you know, every now and then I might, I might slow down to focus on, you know, one verse or one phrase, if there's a compelling reason to do, do so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I'm not D Martin Lloyd Jones. I, I don't, I don't have the, the skills that he does to, you know, or did to, um, you know, to, to systematically preach one word or, you know, w one half phrase or something, you know, every now and then I would do that, but usually I try to take a unit of thought uh, and, and move through the book. But I mean, you know, if a longer book like Matthew, 28 chapters, it's going to take you a while to do that, even just taking uh, pericopes. And you know, you're preaching through Matthew, um, you know, from my perspective, if you take it from a, um, uh, a, a, a telescopic, uh, you're taking a telescopic way, you're looking at big picture stuff, what do you leave out? You know, yeah. do you leave out the meeting of the 5,000? Do you leave out Sermon on the Mount? Do you, do you, you know, do you leave out the Olivet Discourse? Mm -hmm. You know, what? it's just hard for me to skip over passages that are that rich or even just mention them in passing that have that much, that, that, that depth of, of information that you need to take time to break down. And, and so it's just, it's just not in my nature to, to be so big picture that I skip over, you know, um, or gloss over or speed through, um, passages that, that demand a little bit more attention so that that's kind of how i've operated it's it not only is it my philosophy but it's what i enjoy i, I enjoy digging into pericopes and 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 so that's kind of how god's wired me other guys do do uh more big picture and they're great at it and and i probably don't have the skill set they do to be able to 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 tackle it like that and so i think there's i think there's a place in the body of christ for both and and you can learn and glean 
um, from 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 both. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I do think that it's how uh, people are are made up, their personalities, and and how they they take the word and they study the word, and also uh, where their people are, uh, where uh, First Baptist Fort Walton Beach is right now. They they need this, and and you're bringing that to them, and and where. I'm serving right now as as pastor at River Bend, where River Bend folks are, and uh, um, doing that. So yeah, uh, you know, you've heard it, and you've heard it said that you know if a pastor comes to a new church, you probably don't want to start with a uh, verse by verse exposition of Ezekiel. You know, <laughs> your people probably aren't ready for that. You know, start with Philippians, start you know, start with James, start with start with something that's that that they can digest and, and learn to to uh, appreciate expository preaching. Uh, so yeah, I think you're exactly right. It's it's based upon where you're sure. And you know, and there's 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 something to be said for changing things up. You know, if if you go through one book and it's and it's line by line, verse by verse, very detailed and and in depth and slow, you may want to, you know, the next book kind of do a little bit more big picture stuff. Uh, so I, I think there's you can learn from both of those. And I've and I've done a little bit of that. Um, what aspect, if any, of your sermon prep? And, and also, I think delivery is uh, different when you preach an epistle as compared to a different genre. So, so if you've got an epistle, or, or let's, let's just use the, uh, the Gospel of Mark. You just finished the Gospel of Mark, um, spent a, a number of weeks uh, in that. Uh, what, what was different uh, in preaching that? And, and what did you have to do different in your prep or in your delivery if you're preaching that versus an epistle or versus a, a wisdom or prophetic genre? Well, it, it kind of goes back to the previous question, you know, with a, with a, a narrative passage, which most of the, the Gospels are, are narrative, you know, there are some long teaching sections in there as well. But in a, in a narrative, a narrative, a narrative passage, you know, you want to get the whole story in so people understand what's going on. So, so you, you want to move that unit of thought. With an epistle, you can break that down into smaller chunks usually um, and, uh, and focus on those chunks. For example, you know, you may be, you may be looking at Ephesians and, uh, you know, uh, you look at a verse where Paul mentions three different aspects of, of, of something. And you may spend a whole sermon on each of those aspects. For example, the seven blessings in chapter one, you know, every spiritual blessing in Christ, he walks through the different spiritual blessings that are ours in Christ. Well, you may spend an entire sermon on each of those blessings because, you know, they're so rich redemption and election and, you know, all those things. Um, but with a, with a, with a gospel and narrative, you, you want to tell the whole story so people can, can see that and, and not break that up as much. So I guess that'd be my approach is, is uh is really focused on getting that complete unit of thought um done but you know it's very very similar because again uh when you're preaching through a gospel i mean i don't there's not much there's not much that you want to speed past yeah um uh great great thoughts on on those items uh from gospel narratives and and also from those uh those points of uh that in the epistle uh what are three or four good tools that uh, you use on a regular basis in your prep. Uh, every week you're going to these or very consistently you're going to these to, to help a, uh, a new pastor planter as, as he is building a library or as he's building his tools up to, uh, to be able to, to um, deliver uh, the message that God's laid on his heart. Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, I use Logos uh, Bible software 
and uh, it's it is of immeasurable uh, help to me. It's what a blessing, and I've spent a lot of money on Logos. I have, yes, you, have. Name, you name a commentary set, I probably have it. And the way Logos works, you put in a passage guide search, and it brings up all your commentaries to that passage that you typed in. And so it really speeds up the, the process of, uh, of engaging a text of scripture and seeing what commentators um, have to say. So, so Logos is a big deal. I also, um, uh, through Logos, like to see what some other pastors say. I have some sermon sets from other pastors, um, like a John Piper or a Spurgeon or a uh, Charles Simeon or uh, Tim Keller and and uh, seeing their commentary on that passage is is uh, helpful as well. And then Logos has the the language tools, you, you know, which are really really helpful. And you, you can hover over a word and it'll give you all the information you need about you know tense and voice and mood and and all of that. And and so um, that is uh, that that is very helpful. So language tools, commentaries, uh, you know, I, I try to get. I try to have a balance of technical commentaries and homiletical commentaries. So ones that are, are very in-depth of breaking down, you know, original language words and, and dealing with, you know, um, you know, church history and, 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 and uh, things of that nature that bring all that into the discussion. And then there are homiletical that are almost like devotional type commentaries on a, um, a passage to help you to know how to, how to present it. So, so those are those are uh, uh, big helps of, of mine. Also, I try to read broadly for illustrations. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm always reading some sort of history or biography, um, maybe some fiction, things like that, that help me to uh, that help just to kind of broaden my mind and, and, and maybe even give me some some illustrations for um, sermons. So just reading, reading across different different uh, genres is helpful um, helpful to me as well you, you kind of touched on this uh, you kind of touched on this uh, a moment ago in one of your answers but uh, is there a particular pattern that you have as you are finishing up one of your uh, series one of your your books that you're immediately going to go into another one do you have a pattern uh, as you calendar out your quarter or as you calendar out your year of uh, of, of where you're going next got it laid out maybe in a quarter maybe as the year unfolds something along those lines as you're looking at where you're going yeah I, I, I'm not very good at keeping a yearly calendar I basically just start a book and because I'm not real sure how long it's going to take me yep. uh, you know just it kind of depends but I do try to alternate back and forth between New Testament and Old Testament. So, you know, when I, I'm going to finish Mark and then I'll go to an Old Testament book next. And not only do I try to go back and forth between New and Old Testament, I usually try to change the genre. Uh, so, you know, for example, um, you know, I, I may go to wisdom literature this, this next time, um, you know, to um, change, change up the genre a little bit. Uh, and some, and then after I finish my Old Testament book, I'll go back to the New Testament. I, generally speaking, and if I if I do a, like a long study, we mark a year. I, I'll maybe do a little uh, series in between before I start a new book. Like I'm gonna do a little vision series after I get through with Mark um, to kind of break it up a little bit. And then you know, also um, it wouldn't be genre, but it would be maybe mood of the text. So for example, if if um, 
if I'm, I'm in a, 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 a book that is really heavy hitting and, 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 and uh, heavy, you know, if I'm like preaching a minor prophet and judgment, 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 uh, you know, I, I may, my next book or study may have a little bit different mood to it. Um, so that, so that people can just, uh, maybe take a deep breath and, and, uh, experience another dimension of, of scripture and, and, uh, walking with God. Um, and, and you, you learn to sense that from your people, you know, my people need a break. My people just need to relax. You know, maybe I, this, this study was really heavy, you know, uh, through this certain book. So I need to do a series on Psalm 23 and just let my people just rejoice that the Lord is their shepherd. And, yeah. and, and, and so you gotta, so I, I try to keep all of that into account, old new Testament genre, mood, uh, those sorts of things. Length, uh, you know, I, I generally would not jump from a really long book to another really long book. Uh, I would go from lengthy to shorter. Uh, have, you ever, have, you, have you ever found yourself, uh, like when I preached through uh, Romans a few years back, um, I broke the book into the segments, into like three or four major segments. And I went kind of because of, of what you were saying, I could only take them, you know, we're struggling up these heights in, in Romans. And I, I wanted to, all right, let's give a break and let's, let's just go, uh, have, have a, a few weeks here of, uh, of not so strenuous, a, a text in front of us as we, and so I broke the book in like one through, through three, four through eight, uh, nine through 11, and then 12 through 16. Uh, have you ever done that as you, have you broken up those books and segments yeah. with your family? Yeah, I, I've done very similar. Like if there's a long book, we'll take a little break, you know, and, and of course you've got some seasonal things. You've got Christmas to help you have breaks and you've got, uh, you know, Easter and, and you've got the summer. You can use your summer. A lot of times I'll use the summer to do kind of a little bit different study uh, and uh, to give people a break from the book we're going through. So, yeah, I think that's wise uh, to, to break it up like that, to, you know, to step out for a week or three weeks or six weeks and do a little series and step back in. It, it keeps you fresh and it, and it keeps your people uh, fresh as well and engaged. So I think that's a great way to tackle a Romans, for example. Um, all right. I try to get our folks to uh, understand and, and learn more things about my interviewees than uh, just the topic that, uh, that we are uh, talking about. And I call it a uh, segment, try to get folks out on, uh, I call it, the faves, just some rapid fire questions that uh, my listeners, our listeners can uh, can learn more about uh, Wade Humphrey. So right out of the shoot, you stated that you love to read broadly. What's, what's your favorite book or over the last couple of years, what book has impacted you? Um, well, outside of scripture, what, what, what books impacted you? Yeah, I, I love the book Endurance by Alfred Lansing. Um, about Ernest Shackleton and his um, expedition to Antarctica and the survival story there. And it is my, it's my favorite leadership book. And it's not about Christian leadership at all, but there is a lot of leadership gold in that book. And, uh, so, and it's just a fascinating story. I mean, it's, it is, it is a great, you can't put it down. It's a great, great um, story. So I really uh, enjoyed, uh, enjoyed that book and, and recommend it to as many people um, as I can. Um, I love the book by, um, uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin, um, um, Team of Rivals by Abraham Lincoln and, a great, and again, another great leadership book. So I, I love reading history and, and, uh, 
you know, books of that nature. I just, I just read a great book by William McRaven, the retired admiral called Sea Stories. His life as a Navy SEAL and there's some good leadership stuff in that. So, so books like that help kind of relax my mind, but give me some, some equipping in other areas. So those are all, um, I love Lord of the Rings. I, I read, read that periodically. So yeah, lots of good lots stuff. Of, I, I probably know the answer to this, but, uh, what's your favorite book in the Bible? Uh, favorite, whichever one I'm preaching. Uh, yeah, yeah. I knew that, I knew that one was coming. Claire and I talk about this all the time. My wife and I, you know, favorite book. I, I love, I, I love the book of Acts. Um, I mean, I've always, uh, always loved the book of Acts. Okay. Um, what's, what's your uh, favorite sports team? Well, well, I'm curious. What do, you, what do you think my favorite book of the Bible was? You said you probably already know this. Whichever you, one you're in. Whichever okay, one you're yeah, in. okay. 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 What you were going to answer. Okay. Right. Favorite sports team. Uh, today is opening day of baseball season. So I'm a New York Yankees fan. So I love New York Yankees baseball. Uh, my favorite college team, of course, is Florida State Seminoles. Love watching them football, basketball, baseball, any sport that they play. Go Knowles. So I, I'm a, I grew up close to Tallahassee, grew up as a big Seminole fan. And so uh, I'm a, uh, I'm a huge fan. Uh, favorite exercise? Uh, I like to like to jog. That's probably the most effective that I've. Listeners, been able to... listeners uh, Wade Humphreys uh, once challenged me to uh, run a half marathon, and um, I ran a half marathon after about the first fifty seconds of the race. I don't think I saw Wade Humphreys again until it was time to get in the truck to go back to the house. But uh, we, we had a good day in the uh, Memphis downtown running for St. Jude that day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he good loved memory. Loves to run. Favorite um, movie or TV show? You got one. Um, favorite movie? I, I, I like Last of the Mohicans movie. I love this, the scenery in that. I, I like Chariots of Fire. Love the story of Eric Liddell and pre- yeah. before he became missionary to China. Um, so those are, those are uh, TV shows. I, just, I like the Andy Griffith show. That's a family, the show I watch my family the most. We, we love the Andy Griffith show. Come on. Uh, you spoke of your family right there. You, you live at the beach uh, close by. Uh, you live in the city of the beach. Your favorite family vacation spot, is it a beach or is there a mountain? Man, we're beach people. We, you know, we lived in Mississippi, and so we'd have to go see family in Florida, and uh, so we, we just that we went to the beach. That's where we went for vacation. Um, now that we're down here, we may go to the mountains some more. I don't know. Uh, you know, we love God's creation, but we, I like, I like warmth. I like sand. I like sun. My wife does too, and uh, yeah, we love, and we love seafood. So we, we love the beach. Yeah. Wade, are you on uh, any social media anywhere? If our listeners wanted to uh, find you, where could they possibly find some sermons or where could they find uh, uh, the good Dr. Wade Humphreys? Yeah, I don't have, I don't have uh, personal social media that I post on, um, but you can go to uh, uh, YouTube, FBC, FWB, First Baptist Church for Walton Beach, YouTube. We have sermons there. You can go to our webpage, FBC, FWB. Uh, dot org and and you can check out some information about the church uh there we have a facebook page as well so there's information about the church and and uh you know sermons that are there and uh yeah that's um thank, thank you for uh for joining uh me on the accelerator podcast today thank you for your wisdom and uh listeners uh go check 
uh, Wade Humphreys out, a uh, great communicator of God's word and a uh, good friend. So appreciate it very much, Wade. Thanks, Brian, man. I appreciate the opportunity to be on and the blessings uh, to you guys, the, the 242 Network. So excited about what the Lord's continuing to do in Mississippi and beyond. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, listeners. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. For more information on church planning, visit the 242 Network on the web at 242network.com.